0: Well hey, welcome to you Grace. It's good to see you this morning. If you have joined Grace in the last three weeks, you have no idea who I am. Well my name is Nathan. I'm the pastor here at Grace and I'd like to welcome you to our live stream and I'd like to welcome you to Grace Community Church in general. I'm going to ask if you'd stick around after this worship service. I've got some exciting news about us getting together again in person and so right after this worship service I'll give you all the details on that. But in the meantime we are launching this brand new series that we are calling After Life. What happens after life? That is a question that every single person has. And in the last six months, every person in the entire world has asked themselves that question. What happens after this life? rumbling around the back of your mind in the last six months, you have wondered, what happens? What happens if I happen to be one of the ones who get COVID? And what happens if I happen to be one of those, one of those slim slivers of percentage of people who, who happen to die from COVID? What if? You know, TV news does a really good job at, at putting a story in front of us and us imagining that we are that person. We can put ourselves in that place and everyone in the entire world, you have, your friends have, your family has, everyone around the world has wondered in the last six months, what happens if I was going to die today? And so there was a Sunday school teacher that was asking these kinds of questions, maybe not this deep, but a Sunday school teacher was talking to his kids about heaven. And he asked his kids this question, if, if I had a yard sale and I sold all my stuff and I kept the money and then I sold my car and I kept the money from the car and I sold my house and, and I kept the money from the house and I sold all my toys and, and I kept the money and I gave all that money to the church, would that get me to heaven? And the kindergartner class that he was teaching, they all in unison said, No, they wouldn't do that. You can't get to heaven like that. And then he upped the, upped the ante a little. He said, Okay, well, what if, in addition to that, I cleaned the church every single week? And I mowed the lawn every single week? And every day I tidied up all the classrooms at church? Would that get me to heaven? And all the kindergartners in unison said, no, I wouldn't do it either. And so then he decided to up the game a little bit more. And he said, okay, what if in addition to all of that, I was kind to all the animals and I gave all kids, I gave them lots of candy." Now, the candy thing kind of got the kids for a little bit, but they all kind of looked at each other, and, and in unison, they agreed, no, that wouldn't get you to heaven either. And so this teacher thinks he's got, he's, he has some the, theological prodigies in his class, and so he says, well, then what does it take to get to heaven? And so this five-year-old boy in the back of the class sheepishly puts up his hand, and, and the, the teacher calls on him, How do I get to heaven? And the boy says, you have to die first. (laughs) That boy is right. Now, most people hope or think or wish that they will never die. Homer Simpson thinks he's never going to die. Homer Simpson met death. Let me show you. I am death. Death? We don't want any. Most people think or wish or hope, I love that I get to use Simpsons in a sermon, most people wish or hope or think that they are never going to die. But let's just assume that science has not lied to us and every single person will die. The question is, what happens after that? What happens After I die. And there's all sorts of theological ideas about that. There's all sorts of uh, imaginations on how that happens. And if you watch movies, inevitably, every single time a person dies, they walk towards the light. And the insinuation is, is that they're walking into heaven. And many people believe that that's exactly what happens. Even many Christians believe that that is exactly what happens. But I want to show you a movie that gets it way more accurate in what happens after you die. And right after he died, the candle started flickering, and then it just went out. Yeah, and we looked around, and there were no windows nothing in that room and sounds crazy but we all we all thought it was him going to heaven you know you don't pass through fire to get to heaven i think he went to hell what'd you just say i just i think your grandfather probably went to hell Don't do that. are you kidding me right now i'm not i'm, not, I'm sorry to you're gonna make fun of me right now just after i opened up to you guys like that it's not my fault your grandfather's in hell it's not a big deal some grandpas go to hell There is no more accurate statement. What happens when I die? That's what this series is answering. What happens when I die? And interestingly, a lot of questions hope some things about what happens after they die, or some people, some Christians dream about what's gonna happen when they die, or wish things about what happened when they die, but even many Christians do not know what happens when they die. And if you happen to have a a friend or a family member uh, someone that you know and care about that is not a Christian, uh, this series could save their eternal life. And so once this thing gets posted online and once it gets put on podcast, I invite you to, to send this to them to answer even the very basic question about what happens when I die. And so what does happen when I die? Well, the Bible answers that for us in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7 where it says the dust will return to the earth as it was. Of course, this is referring all the way back to Adam when God created Adam out of the dust of the earth, and every single human being will die. And when they die, their body will turn back into dust eventually. Maybe it happens quickly with cremation. Maybe it happens a little slower if you get put in a box and put underground. But in either case, everyone will turn back into dust. But Ecclesiastes 12, 7 says, the dust will return to the earth as it was, meaning the physical body. And then it continues, and the spirit of the person will return to God who gave it. So the body goes into the ground or the body gets cremated and is turned into dust, but the spirit, the, the who you are of who you are. If, if you didn't have any toes or any feet or, or if you lost your fingers and your hand and your arm, you still are who you are. And so that's your spirit. And so God is in control of your spirit when you die. Interestingly, Christians, when, when Christians die, they don't exactly experience death. Everyone around them experiences their death. The, the friends that are there or the family members that are at the deathbed, they experience the death. The, the nurses that are there, the doctors that are there, they experience the death. The EMT, when they show up to a car accident on the 91 freeway and they have to document write down the, the time that a person dies, they experience the death of that person. But a Christian, when they die, is immediately taken to heaven. Every person's spirit is in God's hands. Now, Ecclesiastes does not say that all people go to heaven, but that every single spirit that he gave to that person then is in the hands of God. Every single person. So then the, person is, the question is, is, then well then what happens with the spirit? We know what happens to the body. What happens to the spirit? Well, Hebrews 9 goes a little deeper into what happens after you die. Hebrews nine twenty seven says, "And inasmuch as it is possible, as in and inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes judgment." And so what it says is, once you die, your body goes into the ground, and then your spirit immediately goes to God and is judged in front of God, an immediate judgment, right right then and right there. Now. How many Americans do you think actually believe that there is a judgment after death? How how many Americans do you think? You think 10%? Okay, I want you in your house to, to, you tell in your house what percentage you think it is, and the loser has to make lunch today, okay? And so here we go. How many Americans do you think believe that there is a judgment after death? 10%? Who says 10%? How about 20, 20? 20%. 20%. How about, how about 40%? Who would say 40% of Americans believe that there's a judgment after death? What about 70% who, who believe that there's judgment after death? Okay, so everybody tell your family what it is. Okay. All right, so those of you who are holding your hands up for 70, I'm sorry, but you are the winners. 70% of Americans believe that there is some sort of judgment after they die. The other 30% of Americans believe that just everyone goes to heaven and they are wrong, and that assumption could cost them their eternal life. And so that's why we're talking about this. So let's recap. All people will die eventually and that body goes into the ground, and it begins to decay. The soul immediately goes to God for judgment. Immediately, there aren't any spirits that just hang around and haunt the house that they died in. There aren't any spirits that hang around and and they want to go to the funeral to see what you're going to say at the funeral to make sure that that you said something good because if you don't, then then they're going to haunt you for the rest of your life. Immediately, They don't wait around to hear what you have to say at the funeral. They can watch it on Zoom now, okay? They don't have to wait for you. They'll just watch it on Zoom when they're in heaven, all right? And so that's what we know so far. And so what are the results of this judgment? So remember, the body goes in the ground, uh, the soul is in someone in God's hands, and it is judged by God. What is the result of that judgment? Well, Daniel chapter 12 tells us the result of the judgment, it says this, many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground, now who's that referring to? That's referring to people who have died. They've died. Their body is in the ground. And many of those who, uh, who sleep in the dust of the ground, they will awake, and these to everlasting life, but others to disgrace and everlasting contempt, So as a person's soul is in front of God being judged, there are two options, eternal life in heaven or eternal contempt in hell. Heaven or hell, those are the only two options, A or B. There's no C, none of the above. There's no D, all of the above. There is none of that A or B, eternal life in heaven, eternal contempt in hell. Those are the two options at that judgment. God has only two options. And so let's talk about those two for a minute. Let's talk about heaven first because, you know, heaven's more fun to talk about. So let's talk about heaven. Did you know that the Bible talks about a third heaven? In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2, it says, I know a man in Christ, who, 14 years ago, whether in the body, I don't know, or out of the body, I don't know, God knows, such a man was caught up to the third heaven. And so this idea is, has been such a confusing thing for Christians and non-Christians alike. There are entire cults that are built around this one verse. And the assumption is, uh, incorrectly, is that ha- there are three levels of heaven. You know, like there's level number one for the people that like just barely squeak in. You know, like the, uh, they just get get into heaven by the skin of their teeth, you know, they're, 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 they're no Mother Teresa, but they're not Hitler either, you know, you know, those people, and so they just barely squeak in, that's the first heaven, people think, and then there's the second heaven, which is kind of for most good people, right, you know, I mean, we're all kind of good, we do some bad things, we do some good things, eh, just kind of somewhere balance out like that, and so most people fit into the second heaven. And then people then assume then that that may, it must mean that the third heaven must be for like the best of the best. These, this is the cream of the crop. This is, uh, this is the five-star hotel version of, of heaven. This is where Mother Teresa goes. This is where Billy Graham goes. This is where Moses goes. Uh, This is where the people who teach junior high ministry, this is where they go, and they all wear halos because this is the top echelons of heaven, you know? And you're thinking, man, I'd love to go there, but if I teach junior high, I'll just take heaven number two. (laughs) I'll go backwards, I don't wanna teach junior high. And so people imagine that that's what's happening here, but that there are not three different heavens. When 2 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the third heaven, it's referring to the place where God lives. The first heaven is the sky. So look out your window, see the blueness. That is the first heaven. You look into the heavens. That's the sky, the blue, where the birds fly, Southwest Airlines, where clouds are, where the smoke from the fires exist, where the drones fly over. I was watching a Dodger game the other night, and you know no one's in these stadiums, just only the players are out on the field. And all of a sudden, you're watching the game, and all of the players on a baseball field just run for the dugouts. I'm like, what's going on? Well, some guy in L.A. flew a drone over Dodger Stadium, and they were running for their lives. I don't know. But the drone was flying in the first heaven, in the sky. And so if that's the first heaven, the second heaven then is outer space, sun, moon, stars, solar systems, expanding universe, E.T., aliens, all of that, second heaven. And then so then you have the third heaven heaven, that is the place where God resides, and that is the place where homes have been built for Christians who are going to go to heaven when they die. And that third heaven is as equally real as the sky is. And that third heaven is as equally real as the universe is. We have telescopes where we can look into the universe and we can see further and further out. We just have not invented a telescope that is strong enough to see the third heaven yet. But that is the third heaven. And the Bible says that God wants everyone to go to this heaven. Did you know that? God wants everyone to go to heaven Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says it this way. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness. And his promise is about uh, destruction of the world, judgment of the world. And this verse says that, that there's this promise that God is going to ultimately judge the entire world with fire. And yet it hasn't happened yet. Look, we're all here. And the reason that is is in 2 Peter 3, 9. It says, he is patient towards you, not wishing any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. God wants everyone to go to heaven. So much so that he made a way for everyone to go to heaven. That's what John 3.16 says. For God so loved the world, red, yellow, black, and white. He loves the entire world, all the people in the world, so much so that he gave his only begotten son, that is Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. He came to planet Earth. And so whoever believes in him, whoever believes that Jesus is God, that he came to Earth, that he died on the cross for sins, and that he rose from the grave, whoever changes their mind about who Jesus is, they will not perish. That is the everlasting destruction, that is option B, that is hell. They won't go to hell at that judgment time, but they will go to heaven in eternal life instead. God wants everyone to go to heaven, so much so he's made a way for everyone to go to heaven, but not everyone will go to heaven. Not everyone, when their soul is being judged by God, will go to heaven because some people do not put their faith and trust in Jesus as their Savior, and their sins are not washed away. And so that's heaven. And then there's option B, the the one that nobody wants to talk about, the the one that churches are scared to even mention the word, hell. When that soul is in front of of God, it's either heaven or it's hell. Hell. And hell is as equally real as the first heaven, as the sky is. Hell is as equally real is as the universe, the second heaven. Hell is as equally real as the third heaven, the place where God resides. Hell is as equally real as all those. As a matter of fact, even though the Bible isn't terribly descriptive about hell, Jesus warns people more about hell and the dangers of hell than he does about the glories of heaven. Now, why would the Bible not include all the details of hell, even though Jesus warns people about it? It's because in Matthew 25, it tells us why hell even exists. In Matthew 25:41, it says, Then he will say to those who are on his left, Depart from me, you accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. Did you know that hell wasn't created for people? Did you know that hell was created before sin even existed? There was a time in history past where God allowed angels to make a decision whether they had liked to rebel against God or unify and follow God. And so one of those angels that decided to rebel, you now know him as Satan, or this verse calls him the devil. And a third of the angels in heaven decided to follow Satan. and We would probably know those angels more as demons, but they're just angels who are not in heaven. They're following Satan instead. And God prepared, he created hell as a place of judgment for, for Satan and the demons that follow him. It was never originally intended for people because there was no sin when hell was created. And we know a lot of things about hell from the Bible, that it's a place of fire in Mark 9, that it's a place of darkness in Matthew 22. In Mark 9, it tells us that it's a place of horror, and nobody would want to go to hell. It is not a place where friends get together again after they leave earth. It is not a place of partying. It is a place of horror. And so why do people... When their soul is in front of God, when their spirit is in front of God being judged, why do they go to hell instead of heaven? What, what, what is it that, that does that? Some people would say that people don't go to hell because of their sin. They would go to hell because they've not put their faith and trust in Jesus, that they've rejected Jesus. And that's incorrect, and I want to tell you why that's incorrect. Now, it is true that the the way of salvation, the only way you can be rescued from eternity in hell is by putting your faith and trust in Jesus. And some people then extrapolate that, and they say, well then, the reason that people go to hell is because they have rejected Jesus. But that's not the case. They are going to hell because of their sin. That's why people go to hell, and you're like, well, why does it even matter? Why is this even a big deal, Pastor? It's like six of one half, a dozen of another, pretty much all the same, potato, potato, tomato, potato, I don't know, it sounds pretty much the same to me. People go to hell because they reject Jesus, people go to hell because of sin. No, 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 this is a very important part of the Bible. The Bible is clear that people go to hell not because they've rejected Jesus, but because of their own sin. It is simply a judgment of sin. Look at Revelation 21.8. In Revelation 21:8 it says but for the cowardly and the unbelieving and the abominable not the snowman and the murderers and the immoral and the immoral persons and the sorcerers and idolaters and all liars their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone which is the second death So why do people, when they are before God, their spirit is before God at judgment, why do they go to hell? Because of their sin, because they were liars, and because they uh, worshiped something that wasn't God, and because they were immoral, and all of the other things that they did wrong. And he'd say, yeah, but everybody's done that. You're right. Everybody has done that. And so as a person's soul is in front of God. And uh, and if there is sin there, they are sent to hell, which Revelation 21.8 calls the second death. Well, what's the first death? We've already talked about that. first death is when someone dies and their body is put in the tomb or their ashes are put in an in a urn and put on someone's mantle. That's the first death. But then now as their soul gets sent to hell, that is eternal death. As a matter of fact, Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. The reason that people are sent to hell is not because they have rejected Jesus, it is because of their sin. That is why people go to hell. And then you say, well, what about those people that have never heard about Jesus? What about those people that have never never heard the gospel of Jesus, don't they get to go to heaven? Don't, don't, they get to, don't they get to have some way out because they never heard about Jesus? Aren't they getting to go to heaven? And the answer is no. Because the judgment of the person's spirit is not whether they rejected Jesus. The judgment of the person's spirit is, is their sin. And if there is sin, What's the payment? Romans 6.23 says the payment of sin is death, the second death, eternal separation from God in a, in a place called hell. And so either it's hell for that person or someone pays their fine, someone pays their punishment. And so this is what we've learned so far. Okay? recap. Everybody will die. I know you think that you won't or wish that you won't or hope that you won't. Every person will die and their body will go into the ground and begin to turn into dust. And then the spirit, who they are, will go before God for judgment. No spirits hanging around on planet Earth, wandering around trying to haunt people. Their spirit is in front of God and there is an immediate judgment. Heaven or hell. And that is what happens after you die. Let me throw a wrench into all this, though. The Bible says that that as a Christian soul is in front of God, the Bible says that, that he will go to heaven. And the reason that is is because he has believed in Jesus. He has changed his mind about Jesus, that Jesus is God, that he died on the cross for their sins. And when the perfect God, the perfect sacrifice steps in, front of the, steps in front of the judge and says, I've paid their fine. The person's sins are washed away. It's not that they never occurred. They did occur, and Jesus' blood washes them away. And so as their soul is in front of God, yes, they've sinned too, just like everybody else. But the Bible says that Jesus wraps them in his robes of righteousness, and so as God looks upon them, he doesn't see their sin. He sees Jesus' righteousness, the holiness, and that is how a person is able to still sin on planet Earth and yet still have the hope of eternal life is because God wants people to go to heaven and made a way for people to be saved by putting their belief, their trust, their faith in this Jesus. So let me throw a wrench into that, though. The, the people are before God that's Christian, And did you know that Christians will not spend eternity in the heaven that is today? Did you know that? Look at this one, Revelation 21.1. It says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And the first heaven and the first earth passed away. Did you know that there's not just a first heaven and a second heaven and a third heaven? (laughs) There's another one. The Bible says that at some time in the future, that a part of this judgment of the world because of sin, that in some way, using the magma in the center of the earth, I don't know, that fire is going to destroy the entire world and he's going to recreate a brand new earth and that is the place where Christians will live forever. <laughs> You're like, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know about the first one or the second one, and now I didn't even know about this other one. There's a lot to know. There's not everything that we can know about the future. We can't know everything about what happens after we die. We can't know everything about heaven or hell, but the Bible has revealed so much to us. And so I've mentioned to you that that the Bible talks way more about heaven than it does hell. Uh, And so that's going to be the focus of the rest of our series. What happens to Christians once they die and go to heaven, what is it like? And next week is gonna be about what, what is this new heaven and this newer thing? What is the difference between those? But before we're done today, I wanna to answer a question that many people have about people going to heaven after they die. And the question that, that is asked often is, can those who, who are in heaven, can they send messages to people who are on earth? Can can people, can those who are in heaven send some sort of message to me here? And the answer is yes, they can. God who is in heaven sent Jesus Christ to planet earth. God, who is in heaven, gave us his words. These are words from heaven. This is a message from heaven. The Bible is truth from God in heaven. You know, you'd imagine that, that, that someone who is in heaven might have a little bit different perspective on earth than, than we would who are kind of living in the everyday, and that is absolutely the truth. Those who are in heaven can send messages, and that is exactly what God's word is. And I know you're like saying, no, 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 that's, that, that wasn't my question. My question really was, can my grandma who died, can she who's in heaven send me a message? Can my buddy who, who died and, and he's up in heaven, can he send me a message talking about all the hole-in-ones he gets as he's playing on the heavenly golf course? And the answer to those, no, no. They're not sending new messages. The people that claim to have gone to heaven and come back with some revolutionary new message from heaven, that is not the case. We have the only message from God and that is the Bible. And what does this message from God tell us about what happens when we die? Everyone will die, even you. Everyone will die. The body will go into the ground and will turn into dust. The spirit will go in front of God for a judgment. And so now this is where you get to evaluate yourself, heaven or hell. As your spirit is in front of God, what it's going to be, heaven or hell. And you might say, well, I'm a pretty good, I'm, pretty good. I'm not Hitler. <laughs> like, why do we compare ourselves to Hitler, <laughs> you know? Hitler, yeah, I, I, I'm glad you're not Hitler. But remember, that judgment before God is not if you're Hitler or not. It's not if you've rejected Jesus or not. It is, is there sin? Have you ever done something that you shouldn't have done? Have you ever thought something you shouldn't have thought? Have you ever said something you shouldn't have said? That is the judgment. And you say, but everybody has done it. Yeah, they have, but I'm not talking about everyone. I'm talking about you. Your spirit's in front of God. What is it going to be? Is there sin or not? Heaven or hell. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus, your sins have been washed away. You are wrapped in Jesus's robes of righteousness, and Jesus will see your holiness, not because you're holy, but because Jesus is, and you have the hope of eternity in heaven. And if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, if you've never believed in Jesus, today is the day where you can change your mind. Today is the day that could rescue your life. You have been wondering about what it's gonna be like after you die, if you just happen to be one of the slim margins of people that get the coronavirus, and now you know. Today is the day that could rescue your eternal life, and I hope you would make the decision that I made many years ago that you would believe in Jesus. And so maybe you're wondering, okay, well, how do I do that? It's just communicating with God. It's called prayer. You don't have to say anything out loud. You don't have to announce it to the people that you're in the room with right now. But in the quietness of your own heart, you can change your mind about who Jesus is. You can believe in him today. Do you believe that Jesus is God? Do you believe that that he died on the cross for your sin? Do you believe that his death was not for himself, but it was for you? Do you know that you sent? Do you know that you have said something you shouldn't have said or done something you shouldn't have done? Do you believe that Jesus rose from the grave on the third day? Easter Sunday. Do you believe that that really happened? You see, what he did there is he's proving to you that he is God and that he can do this whole thing called washing away your sin. Do you believe it? You talk to God about that in the comfort of your own heart. This is something between you and him. You can't get yourself to be a little better and a little better. There is no weighing, there is no middle heaven for just kind of all the good people. There's two options with your soul in front of God. Heaven or hell. You get to make the decision. Let's close in prayer this morning. Dear God, We thank you for your love for us and we thank you for your revealing of these things to us. We would not have known these things if you did not tell them to us. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for your love for us and your love for our church and your, your protection for us in our church. And God, we lift up the people who are sick in the hospitals today. We pray for those who are working in the hospitals, the doctors and the nurses. We pray for their families, too, as they come home from their work shifts. And God, we lift up the scientists worldwide who are looking for conclusions, scientific, biological, chemical solutions, to all of the things regarding the coronavirus that you would impart your supernatural wisdom to them in this area too. And we pray for the salvation of our, of our governmental leaders, that they would change their mind about who you are too. And that would bring genuine change in our culture. And God, we, we give you our church and, and our world. Actually, we don't have to give it to you. It's all in your hands already. Um, and we rest assured in these things. We thank you for your provision for us. And we thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, amen.